Chapter 78. All the time in the world. Peter was ascending when he heard the scream. He looked down and saw Stash, a look of puzzlement on his face, pulled his sword from Fighting Prawn's chest. Fighting Prawn, still standing, looked down at the blood gushing from the awful wound, then, with a groan, fell backward on the star-stuffed trunk. Peter looked back to the beach where chaos had erupted. Mollusk warriors, raging, roaring with rage, were sprinting along the sand and into the water, spears cocked. Behind them, a dozen more highly agitated warriors surrounded Leonard Astor. Molly and the others, ready to strike at the slightest move, the points of their spears almost touching the captives. "'Row, you dogs!' screamed Stash to his men. "'Row for your lives!' The pirates, needing no encouragement, were already at the oars, pulling with all their strength. A spear thunked into the side of the longboat, then another, then just one overhead. Stash in the prow yanked Fighting Prawn upright and dragged him to the side of the boat. The old, man, the old man's face was gray from blood loss, but he blinked, still alive. Stash raised the wounded man up the front of him for the mollusks on the beach to see. "'Do you want to kill him, then?' bellowed Stash, afraid of hitting their chief warriors. The warriors stopped throwing their spears. Some of them, insane with frustration, plunged into the lagoon and began swimming. But the pirate rowers had found their rhythm, and the longboat was moving far too fast for any swimmer to catch. Stash was getting away. With the starcatchers unable to move on the beach, and the mollusks unable to reach him, Black Stash was getting away. Peter swooped through the sky, bright now, the sun was up, toward the longboat, looking for an opening, trying to desperately think of a plan. But there was no way he could overpower the pirates without help, without... Teacher. As he thought of her, he felt her thoughts. She was down there, underwater, fearful of all of the commotion, uncertain what had happened, what she should do. Stop the boat, thought Peter. Stop the boat. He swooped lower. The longboat appeared to be unhindered. If anything, it seemed to be picking up speed. Stop the boat, thought Peter. Stop the boat. Then he saw it, the flick of a tail in the surging longboat's wake. Stop the boat. The longboat lurched, sending Mustache backward, cursing. Row, another lurch, and another. "'What the devil is wrong with you men?' "'We ain't doing it,' shouted the pirates. "'There's something doing it to us.' "'Row!' screamed Stash, and the men heaved on the oars, "'but the longboat had stopped completely now, dead in the water. "'Push it back to shore.' "'Peter willed, slowly, despite the screams of Stash "'and the furious efforts of the pirate. "'The boat, Peter, er, the boat, Peter floating just behind it, "'began to move back toward the shore, toward the waiting mollusks, "'a hundred yards away, then fifty, then twenty. The warriors stood, spears pointed, or spears in hand, waiting. "'Listen to me!' shrieked Stash. Desperate, desperation filled his voice. He held up his sword, red from the hilt, from hilt to tip with fighting, fighting prawn's blood, then held it against the old man's throat. "'If you come near this boat, I will cut off his head. Do you understand, savages?' The mollusks didn't understand his words, but his gestures were clear. They hesitated, watching as the boat, with Peter hovering just above it, came closer to shore. Closer... And then it stopped, ten yards offshore. The mermaids could propel it no further. The water was too shallow. The mollusks stood on the shore watching. The sailors, exhausted and fearful, slumped at the oars. Stash, in prow, held the body of fighting prawn, still gushing blood. He's going to die soon, thought Peter. If he dies, the mollusks will kill us all. Let him go, he shouted to Stash. Stash looked up with hate-filled glare. Why don't you make me let him go, boy? All right, said Peter, drawing slang stagger. He swooped straight at Stash praying that the pirate's first instinct would be to defend himself rather than carry out his threat to kill Fighting Prawn. He was right, releasing the old man's unconscious body, which slumped to the floor of the longboat. Stash raised his blade, getting it up just in time to parry Peter's thrust, and in the process, cutting a gash in Peter's right arm. Peter grunted in pain as he roared, soared back up. Blood dripped from his arm now, onto his hand, making the knife grip slippery. 
Come on back, boy, shouted Stash. Let me finish you off. Peter turned, rolled, and dove again. This time it was Stash who did the thrusting and Peter the parrying. Twice more, he swooped. Twice more, he just avoided Stash's sword. Peter saw the problem. He had the shorter weapon and could not get past Stash's longer one. He could keep attacking, but eventually Stash would nick him unless... Peter was not a student of swordplay, but he noticed that when Stash lunged with his right or with his right sword-holding hand, he threw his left out, as if for balance. He swooped again to test this observation. Just enough, the left hand was out there. If I can feint him, if I can change directions quick enough... Come on, boy, bellowed Stash. Stop flitting about me like a mosquito. Come fight me like a man. I'm coming, said Peter. He took a breath, rolled and dove, aiming as before, directly at Stash's body, watching for the thrust. Here it comes. Peter twisted his body and shot to his right, and as he did, he switched his knife to his left hand and slashed downward with it, and it happened too fast for him to see, but he could feel it as he flashed past, feel the knife where finding a target, and then, as he shot upward, he heard the scream, turned to look down upon the vision of Blackstash, holding his sword in his right hand and looking in horror at the bleeding stump where the left hand had been. Several things happened then, in quick succession. The first was that Peter caught a thought from Teacher. More of a feeling reality, a feel of stark terror. Something dangerous was in the lagoon. The second was that the pirates, seeing their captain grieve, or grievously wounded, abandoned the stranded longboat, leaping into the water and sprinting toward the beach. The third was that the mollusk warriors started from the pirates, only to stop suddenly when they saw, lumbering from the lagoon and onto the sand, the reason for the mermaid's distress. Mr. Grin. The giant reptile looked left at the mollusks, and then right at the fleeing pirates, then left again, then right, as if deciding which would be dinner and which for dessert. The fourth thing was that Shmi, who had loyally remained in the longboat with Stash, wrapped his shirt around the captain's bleeding stump and managed to drag him out of the longboat and get him stumbling in shock toward shore. The fifth thing was that Peter flew up on the beach to where Molly and the others were be- being held at Spear Point, swooped down, and before the mollusk guards could move, grabbed Leonard Haster's locket chain and yanked the locket from Leonard's neck. He flew back to the longboat, now vacant except for the motionless, blood-covered form of Fighting Prawn. He landed next to the old man and gently turned him over, exposing the wound. He heard shouting from the shore. The mollusks, keeping an eye on the still motionless Mr. Grimm, were coming. Fighting Prawn looked dead. His eyes were open, but they had rolled back, leaving only whites exposed. Peter fumbled with Leonard Astor's locket. Please, please. He got the locket open, saw the glow, and poured it out on the old man's chest. Please. The shouting was close now. The warriors splashing in the longboat. Please. The mollusks were on him now, hands grabbing his arms, trying to pull him away from the old man who, who opened his eyes. Thank you. The warriors, still holding Peter, grunt clicked something. Fighting Prawn answered with similar clicks. Then he smiled. It was a weak smile, but a smile just the same. More shouts from the warriors, but this time, shouts of joy. Fighting Prawn looked at Peter. You saved me, boy, he said. Peter shrugged. Why? said Peter. To save my friends. I'm sorry, why? said Fighting Prawn. To save my friends, answered Peter. All right then, boy. You saved your friends. The old man had said something to the warriors. They let Peter go. He stood, looked down at the beach to his left. Molly and the others were free now, no longer surrounded by guards, but were not coming his way. Instead, they stood nervously wary. He looked to his right and saw why. Mr. Grin was on the beach, unmoving. A bit further, stumbling toward the sand with the help of Shmi with Blackstash. Or was Blackstash. The pirate was holding his left arm under his armpit, wailing in pain. At the edge of the water, he stopped, looked down in horror at something tumbling in the gentle surf. It's me hand, Shmi! Me hand! He screamed. Yes, Captain. Now you need to get me hand, Shmi! wailed Stash. But, Captain, it's pick up me hand! 
All right, said Shmi, leaning over reluctantly, leaping back. Run, Captain, run! Stash looked up and saw it. Mr. Grin was coming right at them. Supported by Shmi, Stash began to stumble down the beach in the direction his crew had gone. Hurry, Shmi, faster! Behind them, Mr. Grin lumbered up to where they'd been standing. Smelling something, he swept his enormous snout back and forth. Until, having found his quarry, he opened his jaws, his enormous jaws, engulfing Black Stash's hand. He swallowed it in one easy gulp. Then, after a moment pause, he set off down the beach on the trail of the famous fearsome pirate, moving slowly and easily as if he knew he had all the time in the world.